Thank you for checking out the Christian Church of Clarendon Hills podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's sermon. We invite you to stop by www.ccch.org to find out more about our church and to make plans to visit us on a Sunday morning. Just over a month ago, our community experienced a tragedy when Beth Dunlap, a junior in high school at Downers Grove North, was tragically hit and killed by a car while crossing the street next to the high school. The accident happened on a Tuesday, and she was pronounced dead late that Thursday night. But that Friday morning, there was a prayer gathering to be led by the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, a student group at Downers Grove North. And it was the invite was sent to anyone who wanted to attend. And so this small group of Christian students, they were surprised to see that over 800 students filled the gymnasium of North on that Friday morning. And with the overwhelming amount of students that showed up, there was a lot of uncertainty as to what was going to be said, what was going to be shared, how the logistics of the morning would go. And so a few of the FCA adult sponsors, who are also North teachers, got on the microphone and shared with everyone that you could pray with one another, you could pray silently, um, but if anyone wanted to get on the microphone and share a tribute to Beth or say a prayer, it had to be a student. The adults couldn't really do anything anymore at that point. And so towards the end of this prayer gathering, with many students crying, many students sitting there in silence, some students praying with one another, in walks in a popular and influential senior named Mia. She's well-known by almost everyone. She's a prolific varsity athlete, and she has over a 1,000 followers on Instagram. But more recently, in this past year, she's really started to grow in her faith in Jesus. She's been attending Community Christian Church in Downers Grove, and the night before, she texted her youth pastor this, how could God let this happen? And though that question still weighed heavy and unanswered on her heart, she grabbed the microphone and she closed out the time together with reciting a tribute to Beth that she wrote the night before and then ending with a prayer. And how she ended her prayer was with this. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 4, Blessed are those that mourn, for they will be comforted. God, we are mourning. Can you please comfort us? You know, there was a lot weighing on in that moment for Mia when she decided to pray. Someone who's just really starting to grow in her faith this past year, experiencing this extreme tragedy. Like, why would she continue to trust in a good God when this terrible evil had just happened? Why would she decide to take the side of the all-powerful God when he seemingly did nothing when this tragedy happened? And how would her fellow classmates look at her, judge her, view her, after she decided to boldly pray to God in front of everyone? And what would happen to her influence, her status, her popularity, once she puts her stake in the ground saying that she's standing with Jesus. And what about down the road? Maybe a couple months from now. Maybe when she goes off to college and she starts making some choices that don't accurately represent 
Jesus. Are people going to judge her, pounce on her, criticize her, hate her, call her a hypocrite? Though Mia's really grown in her faith this past year, and I don't know if she's read the passage of Scripture that we're going to look at this morning, I think she perfectly lives out what Jesus calls us to be this morning, which is salt and light. And so this morning we're going to continue on in our flipped series as we look at the words of Jesus in his longest recorded sermon in the Bible. We've been seeing over this past month that the things that Jesus is saying are ushering in this new type of kingdom. It's a new way to live our lives. It's, it's backwards. It's upside down. It doesn't make sense. It's a different way of living than the way the world around us lives. And so Pastor Matthew has been walking us through Jesus' introductory words. And he's been showing us that when we live differently than the world around us, we bring heaven to earth. And when we do that, we're blessed. We're living the good life. Even though it sometimes doesn't always feel like we're living the good life. But you see, Jesus' words to us are not so much about just how we personally live, they are equally about how we help others experience the kingdom of God on this earth. In fact, if you and I are living this way, God will use us, use you, to influence others to live in that same way. Like, our lives will be so attractive, it will be so appealing, that others will want to follow Jesus. Because they look at your life and they say, I want that. I want what you have. And so this morning we're going to look at these next four verses in Jesus' sermon. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. So if you have a Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 5. Uh, if you have a Bible in the seat back in front of you, uh, it's on page 786. The verses will also be up on the screen this morning. And um, As you're turning there, I just want you to be able to understand one main idea this morning. Like if you leave here today, I hope you get this. It's this. It's our God-given influence is used for God's kingdom glory. Our God-given influence is used for God's kingdom glory. When you, when you choose to follow Jesus, when you choose to participate in this kingdom lifestyle, it influences so many people around you. And whether you think you have influence or you don't think you have influence, that actually doesn't matter. Because God says that you have influence. And that influence, that platform, that status that you have in society, no matter how high you think it is, God has given to you so that you can introduce people to the glorious ways of the kingdom of God. You see, Jesus is crystal clear about this in these four verses this morning. Though some of the analogies or examples he gives, we'll, we'll need to do a little bit of explaining this morning. So let's dive right in. Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 13. Jesus says this, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. So Jesus declares that you and I, we are the salt of the world. Now, in Jesus' day, salt was used in a variety 
of ways. Salt was used to preserve foods because well, there's no fridges, there's no free freezers back then. Salt was also used to enhance food, just like we enhance the flavor of food today using salt. Salt was also used as a certain type of fertilizer in different soils. Salt was also used in like healing solutions for humans. So ultimately, what Jesus is trying to tell us here is that salt is a vital necessity for life. There's nothing more useful and important than salt in Jesus' day and age. However, the second part of this verse is kind of strange. Like, if salt loses its saltiness, then it's not good for anything else. And so we just throw it out and train. Like, how can salt lose its saltiness? Like, that doesn't make sense. It's kind of the point Jesus was saying. I'm sure when Jesus probably said this verse, the salt loses its saltiness specifically, I'm sure there's probably some people there in the crowd that probably snickered or they probably like scoffed or, <laughs> you know, Jesus kind of making a little joke or whatever it was. And if there was a, you know, a junior hire in the audience, they would have started giggling uncontrollably and the, the parents would be like, okay, that was funny. Okay, but it wasn't like, okay, Jesus wasn't that funny at that time. Like, okay. Okay, like, settle down. It's okay. Like, and so, but, but why is Jesus doing that? Why is he making this outrageous, outlandish, ludicrous claim? You see, as followers of Jesus, we are extremely important and useful for bringing the kingdom of God to this world. In fact, God gives us influence in every aspect of our life to spread this kingdom living. So we enhance the world around us, just like salt enhances the flavor of food. We preserve the good in the world around us, just like salt was used to preserve food back then. And it is so important that we preserve the good around us in a world that's just not so good sometimes. Let me just turn on the news for 10 minutes and you'll get a sense of how not good our world is. See, God has put us here to be a vital necessity in life for those around us, to make a difference in this world. But it, this is not a, well, maybe God will use me, or maybe I will make a difference. Like, no, you, like, you are salt. You will do this. It, if the salt loses its saltiness, well, that, it, it's not salt. Like, that's crazy. That's ridiculous. That's ludicrous. That doesn't make sense. And as a follower of Jesus, you are salt. You will do this. And if you're not doing this, well, I mean, even the junior higher would laugh at the hypocrisy. Like, you're salt, and you're living out this kingdom lifestyle. Or, or you're not salt, and you're not living out this kingdom lifestyle. And so not only is our kingdom living supposed to influence the world in that specific way, Jesus also tells us that we're supposed to be light in this world. Look at verses 14 and 15. He says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. And neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. So, in its most basic usage, light is used to cast out darkness. Jesus describes himself a couple times in the Gospel of John as the light of the world. The one who's bringing hope and peace and love and truth into a world that so desperately needs it. And we too 
are called to be light. Not, well, maybe we'll be light. Maybe we'll do this. No, no, no. We will be a light. We will bring hope and truth and light and love and peace into a world that so desperately desires it. As a light, we should stand out by how we live and how we act, how we talk, even how we react in certain situations. And so in the same way a city that is elevated above other cities can be seen by everyone, so too our lives should be seen by everyone. The picture up on the screen is a, is a picture of one of the many different cities in Israelite times that were constructed in this way. In fact, if Jesus is teaching on a mountainside, most likely his listeners are sitting there on the mountainside where the city is located. And so everyone can see that city situated on top of the hill, far above the city below. Like it would be crazy, it would be ludicrous if you could not see the city on top of a hill. But he goes on further and he talks about how ridiculous, how ludicrous it would be if you had a light in a home. And so this picture up on the screen is a common light that was used in a home back in Jewish times. And so a, a Jewish home in that time was about the size of our family rooms, about the size of our living rooms. It was, it was very small, wasn't big. And so this one lamp, this one light would be put on a lampstand, maybe about four or five feet in height, be put in like the center of the home, and that one little light would illuminate the entire home. And so how ridiculous would it be if there's only one light in your home and you put a bowl over top of the light and the bowl was used to, to take out the wick and turn off, turn off the light in their culture. And so Jesus is saying, you're a light. Why would you put a bowl over a light if you want to enhance or illuminate your entire home? Like, that doesn't make sense. That's ridiculous. That's ludicrous. Even the junior higher would giggle at the hypocrisy and the craziness in Jesus' statement. So what's he saying, though? He's saying that our lives are supposed to always be in the spotlight. Like, that's how God intended it to be. Our lives will bring light to this world. Our actions will be a light to this world. We will be seen by everyone, and because of that, people will see how amazing the kingdom of God is on this earth. Now, these cultural examples of salt and light, they're, they're commonplace, obviously, for Jesus' listeners. They were sitting on a mountain. They understand the light. They use salt for everything. So I wanted to give us a 21st century example that hopefully rings true just a little bit more. So for instance, if you claim to be a Chicago Bears fan and you decide to show up to Soldier Field dressed like this, <coughs> but, but you, don't, you don't stop there, okay? Every time Aaron Rodgers eludes a, a Bears defensive person or he runs into the end zone or he throws a touchdown pass, you're right there like at the edge of the, the, the end zone and you're ready for him to jump up into your arms like it's a Lambo leap and you're like, yeah, you're cheering, you're high-fiving, you're chest-bumping all the people around you 
And then towards the, the end of the game, when the Bears win and clinch the division, you leave Soldier Field, and you got your head down. You're just sad, and you're de depressed, and just overwhelmed with emotion, and you're crying in defeat, and the whole way home, the hour and a half trip home because of all the traffic, you get back to your couch, and you sit there, and you, you plop down, and bear down. Like, I'm, I'm blue and orange to the core. I'm a Mike Dicka mustache wearing super fan. Go Bears. What? Like, that's ridiculous. That's, that's ludicrous. You're not a Bears fan. Like, just because you say you're a Bears fan, every single thing you do shows that you are not a Bears fan. Like, that's crazy. That doesn't make sense. You can't say one thing and then do absolutely everything else. You're either salt and light, and you use your influence for God's kingdom glory, or you're not. You can't say one thing and do the other. It's ludicrous. It doesn't make sense. Like, it should be painfully obvious that when you and I are living out these kingdom of God principles, the, the Beatitudes, the blessed type of life that Jesus talks about in the first 12 verses of his sermon, people will see your life. It will stand out. They will ask why you're different. You will be salt. You will be light. And ultimately, you'll do what Jesus has to say here Verse 16, he says this, In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The way you live your life will point people to God. God will put you in places where you will have influence to display a kingdom of God living that points people to God. They will look at you. They will say, you know what? You act differently. Like you pursue peace in certain situations where it's easy to stir up conflict and strife. When the team does well, instead of taking the credit for it, you pursue humility instead of pride. I just don't get it. Like you have a different perspective and a, a different course of action when it, when you hear about the gossip or slander in the office or when even it's said about you and you don't respond to it. You show mercy towards people when everyone else would come down on that person because they, you know, they deserved it. Why? Your good deeds will be seen and you will point people to the glorious ways of the kingdom of God and in turn, they will want to be a part of this kingdom lifestyle. Pastor Greg Groeschel said at a leadership conference this past year that everyone has influence, meaning everyone is a leader. Now, we may not be the type of like leader, like a Tim Tebow type of influencer leader for, for Christ in our society, and, and maybe none of us will have an opportunity or have the popularity or status like Mia had at North, but for the Jesus follower, you are a leader. You are an influencer. You are salt. 
You will enhance the lives of those around you. You will preserve the good in a not-so-good world. You are light. You will cast out the darkness in this world by how you act and react and talk. Your life will stand out so bright that people will be compelled to ask you about it and say, why are you different? It's not a weird type of different, but a good different, a life-giving different that our world so desperately desires. You're a leader. You're an influencer. And you're called to use your God-given influence for God's kingdom glory. And so not, we've been using this, this term throughout our time this past month. So not only has the up there come down here, but we, you and I, are part of bringing the up there down here. And, and even more so when the, the people in this world see us living in this way, they will desire that type of life. And in turn, they will see that they are created to bring the up there down here. So what does this look like specifically in our lives? And so maybe you and I will, will never be Tim Tebow, and like I said, maybe we'll never have the Instagram followers that Mia had, but, or even the opportunity at North to, to speak light and to bring hope and truth in a very dark and hurting time. But I think there are many of us in this room that just don't even see the leadership potential that's inside of us, that God has given us. So for those of us that are employers, that have employees, you're a CEO, a CFO, a COO, you have a, a C and an O somewhere in your job title. How do, you, how, do you, how do you treat those under you? How do you treat your employees? Are you more concerned with the profit or the person? Are you more concerned with the product or the person? God has given you influence over them to, to show them, show your employees the glorious ways of the kingdom of God. What about those of you in the school pickup lines? The libraries, the play dates? Do you, do you want to join in with the daily gossip and the slander? Or do you speak in a way that enhances the conversation around you, that, that brings light and positivity? And not darkness, especially towards the people that aren't even there that are being talked about. I don't know, maybe you're a student about to head back to school tomorrow. How do you talk and act around your friends? Would they even know that you're living in a different type of kingdom by what you say, how you treat your parents, your teachers, your coaches, by what you post on Instagram or Snapchat or Really, what you have on your Finsta and your spam account and your private story? Would your friends be like, you're a Bears fan? What? I had no idea you're, really? I, I thought you were green and gold through and through. I had no idea you were cheering for the Bears. Yeah, I know. Bears, spiritual, Packers, not, not sorry. Um, but, it, but in all seriousness, not only for, for students, but I feel like that applies for all of our relationships, our work relationships. 
Like, would our bosses know that about our lives? For our family relationships, for our neighbors, our co-workers, would they know by how we live and how we talk that we are a part of this upside-down, flipped kingdom of God? Now, I'm not sure where you're at this morning, but if you're anything like me, you haven't always used your God-given influence for God's kingdom glory. Now, I'm thankful that when I fall short of doing this, and I use my influence for anything else but that, God still forgives me, He still loves me, and He gives me strength through His Spirit to get back out there and use my influence for His glory alone. And though we all fall short at representing the kingdom of God, we all fall short at accurately depicting that the up there has come down here. God still forgives us because of Jesus' death and resurrection. And if you've been there before like me, God doesn't want to give up on you. God doesn't want you to give up being an influencer for his glory. It's what he's created you to do. He's created you to be salt, and he's created you to be light. That's what we're called to do when we're a part of this glorious kingdom of God. And so this morning, we're going to close out the service. I just want to give all of us a, a time and a space just to reflect and connect and, and talk to God in this moment. And, and Jonathan and Emily are going to come back out and they're going to lead us in a song of worship. And maybe you need to use this time just to ask God for forgiveness that you haven't been using your influence for his glory. Maybe you just need to ask God because you really haven't been living out the blessed life that we've been talking about that Jesus wants and desires for you. Maybe you just need to declare this morning to God that I'm going to start using my influence in this way. I'm going to start being salt. I'm going to start being light. Maybe you need to read the words on the screen or sing along and worship God declaring these truths to him this morning. Maybe God's already laying it on your heart this morning that the relationships that you've had, he's giving you that influence so you can even make that first small step of just inviting them to Easter here or Good Friday or the Stations of the Cross experience. I don't know. I'm not sure what the Holy Spirit is laying on your heart this morning. I'm not sure what God is saying to you, but I don't want us to leave here this morning, church, without taking a moment to really sense what God is speaking to us here. And so we're going to enter into this time of worship to close out our service. And I just really just want us just to focus our hearts and our minds on what God has for each of us here this morning. And so before we do that, I'm going to pray. Um, but would you stand with me as I close this out in prayer? God, we give this time to you knowing that you've called us to do something greater than we could ever imagine with our lives. And so would you speak to us this morning? Would your compassion draw us to repentance? Would you gear our hearts and minds toward glorifying you, God? Would you begin to put it on our hearts how we can use our God-given influence for your kingdom glory? Lord, speak to us in this moment. May we declare your praises to you and you alone. May us these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. We hope that you've enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at www.ccch.org and please come and see us this weekend.